I'm Arafa, and I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. leave now I, I, was say, I, have been, I spent seven years in Australia I, I didn't sign up for this <laughs> I, I would love to go to yeah. Australia you know all the podcasts I listen to are all Australian uh Weekly Planet do go on book cheat uh, I feel I feel like I'm a Melbourne person already hello everyone we are back um a little earlier than we had hoped but we wanted to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the social media f1 twitter sphere kind of area uh, especially with all of the controversy that's happened since the end of the farce of a race that was the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. We have two very special guests with us, Ari and Natsumi, and uh, they're part of the 44, which is essentially an amazing Lewis Hamilton fan club, but works to amplify the voices of pro Lewis Hamilton um, players on the internet. And so we thought if we we're going to talk about social media, we should have two social media experts with us because Arfat and I didn't know how to use Twitter until what Silverstone. That's when we both learned how to use Twitter. Yeah, we, yeah. I had no idea about social media before that. Yeah, we we have two social media experts with us, and uh, we're gonna go over some of the controversy, try and break it down. Some of these figureheads that have been talking are fun. Yeah, so uh, welcome Ari and Natsumi. How are you both today? Hi, I'm good. So it's nine thirty a.m. on a Saturday, so it's a nice way to start my weekend. You're living in the future. It's still Friday here. I know, I know. Um, the future, oh, it's looking pretty cloudy. FIA is still quiet, um, but people are angry on socials. That's my <laughs> insight from the future. And Natsumi, where are you coming from today? I am coming from Sri Lanka, and it is 4 a.m. my time, and it is a Saturday as well, so I'm in the future with Ari. And um, it feels like, you know, whenever I look at the weekend nowadays, I always think it could have been a race weekend, but I'm not sure I'm ready for that yet. Not, not now. No, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I keep thinking about like when the F1 season starts in March, am I going to either be very excited or extremely heartbroken? It's like a coin flip. I don't know. No. Yeah, my, I think my mood changes all the time. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, I honestly have not watched any races since Abu Dhabi. I just think, like for me personally, when I watch a race, it, it still triggers like what's happened in Abu Dhabi. So I've kind of pressed pause until I think the new season comes. Have there been races since Abu Dhabi? Am I missing Formula One races? <laughs> <laughs> no, as in just watching, you know, I'd love to watch Brazil. I've seen people on Twitter oh, say, oh, I'm watching yeah. Brazil to make yeah. myself feel better. I can't even watch Brazil, honestly. I can't watch anything because <laughs> for me, everything is just triggering. So many of our listeners, like us, don't go on social media. And, you know, when, when the race finished in Abu Dhabi, turned off Formula One and won't be hearing anything about it until uh, the new season starts. And I know for me, when when I first got into Formula One, you know, I, social media wasn't a thing. I wasn't even old enough uh, to have a Facebook account because they blocked it for, you, you had to be over 18 and I was like 17 or something. So in the winter break, I just used to have to hit refresh on the ITV news website and just see if anything happened. And it didn't for weeks and weeks and weeks. So this is a, a completely different way of engaging with with the sport for us. Ari and Natsumi, why don't you tell us what's been happening on social media over the last few weeks? I guess, how much time do you have? 
Um, what what hasn't been happening on social media? I guess um, there's been a lot. So it, it varies, I think. I can sort of um, agree to that where you have the good days where everybody's sort of reminiscing, everybody's talking about their favorite drivers, everyone's excited about what the teams are going to come out with in terms of the new cars as well for this season. And then all of a sudden, you know, you log on an hour later and there's something happening. Somebody said something or somebody's relived something or there's a release of something online, you know, by a, a journalist um, very rarely the FIA, most likely not the FIA, but there have been occasions where the FIA has released something and then, you know, it causes a stir. So I think it's been up and down recently on social media. And it's certainly you can't predict it. Every day is different. I, I've just seen the five stages of grief, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> With what's happened. Five. And I need to write a piece, actually. I've been wanting to write a piece about the different types of Team LH members because they are processing it in different ways. So, for example, um, one very um, special group of fans I like to call Thirst Trappers, they have just become so much more unhinged since <laughs> Abu Dhabi. So what do you call them? Thirst Trappers. Do you know what a oh. Thirst Trap is? No, what is a a thirst trap? I thought thought she was saying first. I thought you said first trap. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that's what I thought. The thirst trappers. (laughs) Yeah. So there's. I mean, I I have not seen that prior to Abu Dhabi. Some of these Twitter spaces are so unhinged, so chaotic. endless photos of like a shirtless Lewis Hamilton and I guess that's how they process grief there's people um other people that are kind of um so we've started an initiative called uh we stand with Lewis initiative right and it's really just to keep the conversation going and some people have just been talking about what's happened in Abu Dhabi ever since it finished so there's people that have consistently been saying you know we need to keep the FIA accountable we need to support Lewis any way we can um and they have just been so consistent throughout uh and then there's people that have been on and off there's people that have just said look I need to take a break I need to kind of just step away from Twitter and social media it's become a bit overwhelming um there's people that you know they don't know how to process what's happened and sometimes I've seen some of my friends they'll come off but they'll come on and I've seen them do angry rants because they're still as I said they're going through the five stages of grief and it's it comes in waves so what I have seen in social media so far if I was just a broadly bullet pointer is Lewis Hamilton has gone silent which he has every right to um but obviously that causes confusion and distress and there's it leaves space for rumors you know there's lots of rumors of retiring or waiting to see what the FIA do before he decides if he's coming back or not. And that's stressful for fans. Um, But I think what's also not helpful is the FIA are silent because they said, you know, we're going to do this investigation and they've said nothing until recently, but there was just a big gap of nothingness. They didn't even signpost and say, okay, we're going to do this and this and this. Um, And then somehow in all of that, we got Nick Knowles, the presenter from DIY SOS. All right, I have a quick so, question. 
I obviously don't live in the UK. Is Nick Knowles the UK version of a property brother? What's a property brother? Okay, so we need somebody who is... Sorry, I can, <laughs> I can jump in and say yes. He's almost... Well, uh, not quite on the scale of property brother. I don't know what the equivalent would be. But <laughs> yes, we, we, we can say that he's like a property brother. Um, to quote one of the 44's members, Mel, I, I love her whenever Nick Knowles tweets. She announces him and she started announcing him in French, which is amazing. Um, she refers to him as Beyonce's brother. So I think that's pretty awesome. He's, he speaks nice. out on behalf of everyone. And he's Beyond, been, he's been causing good. waves. Every time he tweets, I think we're so aware of it. And we just yeah. jump on it. And it's amazing. He literally, you know, just takes the stance of, he's not even a Lewis Hamilton fan, interestingly enough. So that's what's even better because he can clearly see the discrepancies. He can clearly see what has happened. And he's speaking out about that. And I think that's, precisely what the community needs they need somebody who's a little bit more official than you know their best friend talking about it they just need that validation and like uk version of a property brother clearly precisely i think he's become the batman for team lh and my my favorite actually is robin who uh, i'm designating as johnny herbert for now Yeah, so like right after the race ended, you had all these commentators and journalists like kind of dancing around the like what happened. Like nobody was really fully coming out and saying like this was a farce. This was complete manipulation of the rules in order to create an outcome that shouldn't have happened. Fast forward to the future. Nick Knowles comes out, this property brother, Beyonce brother guy, and he says, uh, why aren't Formula One journalists holding the FIA to account. This is ridiculous. And since he said that, there have been like a number of articles that have come out by different journalists, a number of tweets. Everyone is is making a statement, good or bad. And I think that's kind of what started the current like Twitter storm that we're in. Yeah. Before, I used to think, you know, why are people tweeting? I mean, forget social media. When I used to see people protesting in the streets, I was like, why are these people going out and getting hot and sweaty for no reason? None of this achieves anything. But actually seeing what you at the 44 and other fans of the sport and how that sort of bubbled up and then it brought in blue ticks like, uh, what's his face? I forgot his name already. Knowles. Nick. <laughs> Nick Knowles. The way it sort of bubbled up and brought in people like Nick Knowles. I'm like, oh, actually, what you've all done has worked and is really important. I definitely think um, when Nick Knowles started speaking up, I I agree, more journalists started speaking up and taking a stance whether um, they agreed with what happened or not. Um, I've I've always had this thought in the back of my head. I've been reading a few articles prior to Abu Dhabi um, about how athletes, especially athletes who are activists, they tend to be kind of segregated. And in Australia, there is an AFL player called Adam Goods. He is Indigenous, and he started speaking up about, you know, the rights of Indigenous people in Australia. And in one of the games, this article reported that he was he was vilified. He was booed by the whole stadium. So I guess to link to my point and with Lewis, I, I, I feel like a lot of journalists um, 
one, they, they, I think they knew that if they did take a side, it would cause a lot of, I guess, chaos that we're seeing right now in social media. Um, I also, I, and, you know, if you have a different opinion, let me know. But I also think that they like to really just keep it straight to the book to the racing, they don't like to kind of um, take into account any other, I guess, factors that 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 um, I guess a, a fan on how a fan or how someone would spectate the sport. Um, I mean, if Team LH is is a diverse fan base, right? And I can I think I can confidently say that a lot of us are people of color from minorities. So when they look at this incident in Abu Dhabi, they they take it very personally, right? And I think I can also confidently say a lot of the journalists that are reporting about F1 and the race, uh, they are not, I guess, ethnically diverse like team lh i would i can i think i can say a lot of yeah, them are agreed. caucasian so i think you know there's also that level of perception on that event that maybe they cannot see all right let me ask you this why is any of this important obviously we are four lewis hamilton fans it's very important to us but if somebody else is listening to this that is a neutral fan or somebody who is sort of into formula one but like it's you know, their lives don't revolve around it, which I can't even imagine, you know, why should they care about any of the stuff that's going on right now? So I think it's important because Formula One is, you know, I heard Bryson talk on a Twitter space the other day and he pointed out something really good. Formula One is not like other sports because, because of the danger, because people die, you know, Jules Bianchi, um, was the latest. I mean, big heroes like Senna, uh, Ratzenberger the same weekend. So danger is always near. So when you're putting your life on the line for something, it's not worth it for entertainment. The sport has to have integrity and authenticity for it to matter. And right now the sport has lost that. It's lost it's trust with the fans. We don't we don't know that it is authentic anymore. And you know, it's at a crossroads now where is it entertainment or is it is it sport? I still think it is a sport, but I think there's a a, a chase for entertainment that is getting in the way. And it reminds me of remember when Bernie Eccleston said we should have water sprinklers? at the tracks and randomly be able to switch them on. And it, it's that sort of Mario Kart versus Gran Turismo. You know what I mean? So Gran Turismo is like a racing simulator and Mario Kart, they're trying to have green shells and blue shells and bananas and all that kind of jazz. Uh, and I think that's a problem. You know, that makes sense because every time I play Mario Kart, I try to take the racing line and it gets me nowhere. No, 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 there's no point. You need to get into second place because all the blue shells are coming for whoever's in first and at the last second, take the victory. Kind of like Max did in Abu Dhabi. Ooh, he was playing Mario Kart and everybody else was playing Gran Turismo. Exactly. That's what Lewis's problem was. He was playing Gran Turismo. He's sponsored by them. It's on his hat and everything. Uh, oh, is that, uh, what, and... is that the same Gran Turismo on his thing? Yeah. Wow. And all this time, Max has been playing Mario Kart. 
all makes sense. Now. <laughs> he really has, though. If you think about his driving style, it's yeah, like... <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, okay, let's let's break down all of this stuff that you've said. Okay, so we have a couple different players. Before we get into the commentators, let's talk about the guy at the top of all of this, Michael Massey, the race director. So he's just come into his role in 2019. He's pretty new to it. But it's funny because people keep digging up tweets from like different years since he's come in. And it's just people calling for him to resign from the moment he's gotten into his job. And there's now this huge thing like hashtag Masi out. And you know, it's like anytime I go onto Twitter, it's on my trending under sports, Masi out. So it's like not something that's gone away. And so I guess, you know, let's have our social media experts break it down. What is the current opinion on this? So I guess... You know, there is a lot of, well, there are a lot of emotions currently. And certainly the tensions between the fan bases are at an all-time high. It hasn't lessened. It's been, you know, nearly five weeks and everyone's still feeling it as though it was last weekend. So I think there are the Max fans and certainly other fan base fans who are reasonable and they can sort of see, you know what, okay, the Team LH fans aren't fighting for Max to be stripped of his championship. I mean, arguably, there are some people who probably feel that way, and I don't want to sort of discredit them in their feelings. But um, there are certainly, you know, people who are like, oh, we can see what has happened, and it doesn't feel right. You know, it, it feels like he didn't win it in uh, in a natural way. It was given to him, and I'm not sure I'm happy with that, to quote them. And certainly, I know I had an interaction with someone the other day where it could have escalated. It could have been an ugly interaction. But at the end of it, that person essentially said, I don't like what Michael Massey did. And so, you know, when you get down to the core of it, they do feel like Michael Massey is the problem. And I think that's sort of, you know, that that's something that we all have to see as fans of the sport. It's not about this person against that person. It's essentially, you know what, it's the FIA. It's who they put to oversee these sporting regulations and how this person's choosing to interpret it in a way that sort of benefits his own personal agenda, which... What is his personal agenda? I think, you know, Formula One has been that interesting sport, right? I think to sort of allude to things that was said previously, it's sort of that sport that now we all have access to. To go back to something that Ari said earlier, she said it was interesting that when Nick Knowles sort of tweeted out, all the journalists started talking about, you know, how they spoke out after Abu Dhabi. Interestingly enough as well, on that same day, um, it was also sort of rumored that Michael Massey was going to get fired. And then what ended up happening was the organizational chart was released and Michael Massey's name was nowhere in sight. It is, you know, it is interesting. He was rumored to be fired, but he's kind of still around it's not sure if he's just going to get demoted or completely, uh, you know, removed entirely. But on the other side, we have, you know, Mercedes. We have Toto Wolff and Lewis Hamilton. And they've both been playing sort of a strategic game. Lewis especially has been playing some kind of strategy right now with him remaining silent. I don't think this is just an emotional silence that he's just like fully not on social media out of pain and anger. I do think that it started that way. I don't think it's like that now. I, I think he's doing something with this silence. What do you guys think his silence means at this point? Is he using it to pressure the FIA? Is he just taking a mental health break? What's going on? For me, I think there's uh, different reasons. So 
One being that I think usually at this time, yes, uh, the drivers all take a break, you know, during the off season. So if he does choose to return for the next season, he really is trying to prepare himself 100% um, mentally and physically. But I also think uh, that maybe he is being silent because he knows whatever he says can be misconstrued or can be capitalized on by the media. We all know how easy it is, even in his silence, how much he is hated on in the media. Um, but I, 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 I also think that he is not oblivious to what's happening, right? He has a very, very strong um, social media team that has close connections to this fan base. I, I would say that he has... Uh, probably one of the strongest connections with his fan base uh, amongst athletes and high-profile celebrities. But don't you think, like, at least a picture on Christmas, like, throw some crumbs out to us, you know, give us a little bit to work with. He's given us nothing. So, actually, I can dispute that because he has given us something. He, well, I mean, not in the way of a picture or words, but Pardon me. He has made a statement in that for his Instagram following, he went and unfollowed everybody. I I forget how many people he was following. And that resonated. That showed everybody, you know, they likened it to Taylor Swift when she was in her reputation era. And so they're saying, you know, that's him saying something. And I do think, you know, he is somebody who's very spiritual. He is somebody who believes in that, you know, sort of the concept of energy. And so, you know, and I I personally believe that too, energy goes where energy flows. So I do believe that by doing that, he essentially brought his energy back to himself. Okay, real quick, though, I don't think you understand how social media illiterate the two of us are, Arfa and I. So when he unfollowed everyone, like, you know, like Taylor Swift, what does that mean? Well, it was sort of awkward, because you can't um, are you correct me if I'm wrong? On Instagram, you can't unfollow everybody. So I think he had maybe 700 people he was unfollowing. So it had to happen in sort of chunks. And so the first day he unfollowed probably 300 people or something like that. And then <laughs> there was that lull as like the sort of day had to reset for him to unfollow the next chunk. And then he unfollowed the next chunk. So um, that sort of, I mean, sorry, I think that didn't answer your question I think I was just reminiscing on just the impact of it because you know that was something you saw on Twitter everyone was like he's unfollowing everyone um and it did start with I think Orlando Norris was in that first sort of chunk of people that was getting unfollowed everybody was speculating they were were like is he making a stand is he telling us something with this unfollowing and then everybody got unfollowed so including Roscoe I think we need to make special mention of that Lewis unfollowed his son's account, okay? That is massive. I think that was more heartbreaking to me. Oh, no, poor Roscoe. (laughs) Yeah, there was... um, So, Nicholas Hamilton was kind enough to uh, to answer some uh, questions during his stream, right? So, uh, one of his streams, they were, I think, in Colorado, in the U.S., um, on a holiday... Uh, trip. So they're asking how Lewis is doing. Um, <laughs> so one of the stories that came out is that they were all eating at the table. And as you know, Lewis is vegan, but also Roscoe is vegan. 
Um, apparently Roscoe jumped onto the table and started eating the bacon. So I felt like Roscoe took the unfollowing very personally and that was just, you know, revenge. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> One kilo of bacon, apparently. How did he yeah. eat that much? Because <laughs> he's been starved of meat for so long. <laughs> 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 That's pretty funny. You know, I think it's okay. so weird that Lewis Hamilton has a house in Colorado because being an American, why would anyone want to live in Colorado? East Coast, Beast Coast. That's all I have to say on that. Really? What What is it like? Can you describe what Colorado is like? No, I can't. And I think that's all I have. That's all you have to say about <laughs> it. <laughs> Isn't it where South Park is set? I, have, I don't know. Is it in I Colorado? I think South Park is set in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's chaotic. So getting back on topic. Um, so we had, you know, Michael Massey, all of that, the Mercedes stuff, all of that. And then Nick Knowles comes in. He, he reignites the flame of this Twitter war. And Damon Hill uh, decides, I don't know, he just has to say the most inflammatory stuff for the sake of saying inflammatory stuff. What did he say on Twitter? Yeah, so it was a bit odd. So he was... This was directed at someone specifically. Um, I can't remember what Damon was talking about. Somebody else commented about something related to the race. And he said, if you are a Hamilton fan, do yourself a favor and get over it because it's not coming back ever. Look forward to seeing Lewis Hamilton suck it to him in 2022. Winners don't constantly bleat on about how unfair it all is. Show some backbone. <laughs> Did he really say... <laughs> really say winners don't bleat on this is the man who has memorized yeah. australia 94 brings it up in every single <laughs> conversation <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was weird it was very inflammatory and it was uh, for me what was the weirdest part about it is this so sky f1 put out a video today where they had all their commentators and whoever speaking about the Abu Dhabi race. And in that, Damon's language was, it was unfair. In a sense, the race was manipulated. And it just seemed to contrast against what he's been tweeting. Um, and I found it all a bit strange. I definitely thought it was very tone deaf. I, first of all, I, I don't agree when um, journalists or anyone with uh a profile like that, you know, tells us to align our behavior with, you know, who we are a fan of. So when they, when they tell us to get over it and they're telling us that um, winners don't, as you said, is it cleat on? Um, I, I don't agree with that. I really don't. And I, I, I just can't understand i cannot see any angle to understand or sympathize with him um especially because it's it's been now what a month since it's happened and it's it's very very directed i don't i don't even want to call it but it, it, it's very directed towards team lh and us speaking up and you don't even have to, have to actually be a lewis hamilton fan to see that what happened was not natural that it was orchestrated um so i don't understand why and he's, he's saying that himself as well yeah he's like he's saying himself it was unfair it was manipulated so why is he going after people that are upset about it 
Exactly. So I don't know why he's adding fuel to the fire. And then he had another tweet, um, I think a couple hours ago, about people are angry, you know, but people will return to F1 because F1 makes them happy. I don't know why he's trying to be comedian. It's it's not working out for him. <laughs> Is he not going to get a Netflix special anytime soon? Oh, he's he's trying to get some Netflix airtime, I think. This is off topic, or it's kind of on topic, but it, do you guys feel like Drive to Survive has made this whole thing a lot worse? Well, the Drive to Survive directors, is it, or the creators, they're shifting their attention to what, I believe it's tennis. Tennis, So yeah. yeah they're going to ruin their sport next. Exactly. I feel like they opened the Pandora's box for Formula One, and they're like, right, what's next on the agenda? Let's go. Let's ruin that sport. <laughs> and I mean... You know, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but we all know what's happening in the world of tennis currently. So I suppose they saw the opportunity and they're like, let's capitalize on it. There was a bit in the Sky F1 video where Damon talked about how he was a steward. At, I think it was Monaco. And the race was going to end under the safety car. And he said there was real tension in the room to not have the race end under the safety car because it would ruin the spectacle and all of this. And... There is a funny thing about sport. I think the other example they gave was, you know, cricket 2020 versus test cricket. Um, for Muhammad, who's American, cricket is stickball. Um, what is test cricket? Is that when you, like, take a test before you, you cricket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to take a test and see if you pass or fail. It takes five days. But um, the, I think the thing is that the sport has always had an uncomfortable relationship with wanting to be entertainment because it, it drives ticket sales and all of these things. Uh, and I think drive to survive isn't the cause of this. It's more just another symptom of something that all sports wrestle with. So in 2020, when everybody was in lockdown, you know, the massive issue for a lot of companies, a lot of industries was how do we stay relevant? Damon Hill is, um, he's a sportsman at the core and end of the day there's always going to be competitiveness and I do believe I, I can't obviously speak for this person I've never met him don't know him but I do feel like naturally as a competitor you would see what other people in your industry kind of experience or what they have and in terms of a fan base to have the fan base that Lewis Hamilton has I can't imagine that you wouldn't have some sort of jealousy about that you wouldn't you know and I do feel sorry in that sense, because it must be hard to see the kind of effect and the kind of impact Lewis Hamilton has and knowing that you would never have the same in terms of like your career or your impact. Fair enough. Another thing I wanted to touch on. So because of Lewis Hamilton's silence and also kind of vague like words coming out of the Mercedes camp from Toto Wolf. There is this enduring rumor and feeling from some people that Lewis is going to retire. I had a friend text me out of the blue, like, oh, it's over. Mercedes confirmed it. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And he was like, Lewis Hamilton has been dropped by Mercedes. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And he shared me some like blog post from India. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't mess with my head. But do you think, you know, that's a real possibility, especially given the silence, given the backlash against his fans is this a time that Lewis Hamilton's going to bow out? I think um, that, honestly, I think he will come back. I think it's in his nature to not just 
and things like this. Uh, you would know that racing is probably his, his first love. He's been doing it since what? Since he's been eight years old. So I definitely think he will return. But there is a sentiment、um, among some fans that they don't mind if he doesn't come back. They said, I- "I'll be happy if he doesn't come back. I don't want him to give them anything anymore." Because they just capitalize off him, and we know that when he comes back, definitely from a marketing point of view, they are going to capitalize on his comeback, on being stronger and more determined to win the championship. So, I I, I definitely think he will come back.、Um, also, if you look at the work he's been doing, especially with、um, the Hamilton Commission and Mission Forty Four. He's invested so much of his money and his time to really create progress and change within the motorsports industry. So I think because he has that greater purpose aside from just competing, I think he will come back.、Uh, so I'll end it with what Alan Prost has said about the situation. And Alan Prost, four-time world champion, won the world championship in 1993 and then retired. And he said. He surely has as many reasons to stop as he has to continue. That's、yeah. fair, and and I think right now, what you know, the idea is is that we won't know if he's going to retire or not until the FIA release their report, which is why you might see trending hashtag FIA release the FIA report. So I think that's kind of where that came from. And I, and I think、so、the FIA have now decided they're not going to release anything until March 18th. first practice. Yeah. yeah. In reality, like enough of that will have been sorted by the beginning of February, but it just felt like a weird move that they were making to say, you know, it's like they're playing chicken with Lewis and saying, no, no, you blink first. Do you think we're going to get anything new out of this report? Honestly, do you think we're or we're just going to see the FIA say, "Yeah, we were right the whole time" because that's what they've done all season? I don't think they will admit to wrongdoing. I think they they need to apologize. I think you know we were talking about this earlier when 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 pe- we we've all made mistakes at work or whatever, and apologizing even if you can't change what's happened, and you know we're fine. Max takes the trophy, but they apologize for a mistake happening. I think that will go a long, long way, and we're not seeing that. I think they need to do that, but I fear they won't. What I think will happen is a tightening up of the regulations around the safety car, and they'll say, you know, if a safety car comes out, it's going to happen like this, and there's going to be this much warning before people pit or whatever else. And maybe they'll say, if a safety car comes out in the last five laps, we'll just red flag the thing and have a standing start so everyone can change their tires or whatever. They'll have some sort of tangible fix on some rules that might stop this sort of thing happening again. But the overall problems of the unfairness in the governance, the issues that have happened all year long—like why did why was the Belgian Grand Prix valid? Why is sometimes an overtake allowed, but sometimes it's not? All of these deeper problems, I don't think, are going to be fixed. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. Thank you for all that optimism and hope. Switching gears, you're the one that said you were getting texts from some friend that isn't me. Why are you talking to other people? I have no response to that. It's a very valid、exactly. point. I shouldn't talk to other people. <laughs> <So> . <laughs> Switching gears a little bit. <laughs> 
switching gears a little bit, haha, Formula One pun. <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Lando Norris. Lando Norris. Okay, so here's the crazy. This is how the story really starts. Because I was telling my sister about this. Somebody is on a beach in Spain back like in summer break and is just taking a video. And in that video is Lando Norris with a girl. And that freaked the hell out of the internet. And then he went public with her in, during now, during the, the, the winter break. And it's freaked people out even more. So Ari was talking about thirst trappers. What happened to form? Or do we have people in Formula One who are in it just for the guy? Is that what's going on? I think a, a small percentage of fans um, are definitely, you know, interested in the drivers. I, I'm going to say myself, there are some good looking drivers. So definitely, I think they treat drivers as celebrities, um, as celebrity crushes. Those people that genuinely just like the look of the drivers and are interested with the driver's personalities as well. So we found some really interesting tweets. I, uh, I as, again, as Mohammed mentioned, you know, social media and Formula One, we've never really mixed those two before. So this this whole side of it is completely new to the both of us. And I was quite baffled and confused by these tweets. And we'll read them out in a second. I'm not going to read out who tweeted them because I don't know if these people are doing it as a joke. It's real. I don't know if they're in a good place or a bad place. So I don't want this to... Oh, it's real. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want this to come across as a random pylon, but I just want to read the content of what they said. Um, and then, and maybe Ari and Natsumi, as our, our social media expert and our thirst trap experts, you can you can give advice to these people that have, have, have made these tweets. So the first one I've got is just a short one. Um, Maybe I dive too deep into his blue eyes. At Lando Norris, you lost a follower. <laughs> you know, before we get into that, though, I just want to add, I think I am a thirst trapper. I'm really only in Formula One for Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> if he retires, I'm out. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you admitted that. <laughs> um, look, that, that tweet you just read out, it, it says it all. I think, especially with such a young fan base, I know a lot of Lando Norris fans are quite young. And I think, yeah, they, they've taken it very deeply. And maybe it's just something that comes with age. Because I know when I was uh, a 15-year-old, uh, I used to be on a different type of Twitter. I used to be on K-pop Twitter. Um, you know, when you hear rumors about your favorite K-pop, like, uh guy a group member dating someone i i felt heartbroken so maybe it's just a maturity thing how how could you do this crying <laughs> faith emoji at lando norris you betrayed us i can never forget what you did i've unfollowed you on everything how could you treat your fans like this i hope you're happy i think he is one like he is very happy in <laughs> the pictures. He's very happy. So how did that tweet only get one like? <laughs> I I want to ask though, you know, is this why Lewis is single? Has he has he realized that like fifteen percent of his fandom are just in it for him, and he's like, I've got to stay committed to my to my core to my groupies, and that's why he's been single. Doubt. <laughs> 
he did have a very public relationship with Nicole Scorzinga, like back in the two, oh, yeah. um, 2010. You need to not break 2000s. Muhammad's heart here. He's going to get very <laughs> upset. No, no, he broke but, up with yeah. me. I feel a lot better because of that. Otherwise, I would he would have lost the follower. I hope he's happy. <laughs> can, I, can I read one more tweet? This one blows my mind. This is the last one I'll read out, but you'll never understand what Lando fans are going through. We have every right not to like her. She is fake and only wants his money. And we're trying to protect Lando from heartbreak because what do you think she will do when she's leached all the money from him? You're an asshole for making fun of the fans trying to protect us and we're not toxic. We're protective. If you can't understand that, you don't deserve to be in his fandom. Ooh, strong words from somebody who has no relationship I just, whatsoever. I wish I knew what it was like to care about something so much. I was actually going to ask whether, as you know, um, when you were younger, whether you ever had that sort of crush on a celebrity, because I think I, I personally can say my massive Lando Norris level crush when I was younger was Aaron Carter. And um, I think when Aaron Carter started dating Hilary Duff, that broke my heart. You know, I was like, I am done with Aaron Carter. You know, he has lost a follower, didn't listen to CDs, put it in the back of the closet. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, like, as a kid, <laughs> as a kid, I loved the pink Power Ranger. And when she got with Tommy, the white Power Ranger, I was I was very happy for them. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all aging ourselves here. <laughs> I was going to say, Tommy, really? Oh, gosh, that's a whole other subject. But um, I think, you know, I, I really do feel for these people who are clearly, you know, reeling from this relationship. And the fact that, like you said, you know, they can't kind of step away and sort of see that he's happy. He can, you know, he's more than capable of making decisions for himself. And I'm fairly sure he's not giving her access to his, you know, bank account. So I don't think they need to be worried that he'll be financially Has he told destitute. you that, though? Well, that's can you true. know for sure? You know what? Let me let me actually call him in my morning yeah. and double check yeah. with him, and just yeah, yeah I'll yeah, get back yeah. to you on that. Let but... us know. Zoe. The forty four <laughs> has connections we can only dream of. Our thought, exactly. Landon Norris's number. We're secretly yeah, we're Landon Norris fans, so detective work. <laughs> it's, it's actually the what's his number? The four? It's actually the four. No, he's not four. Dan San Ricardo. What number is he? He's three. No, he is four. Ricardo's three. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it's so team all fours. LN, the four, yeah. <laughs> like when Megan Kelly gets engaged to Machine Gun, is his last name Kelly? No, no, she's Megan Fox. When Megan, Megan Fox, Fox. <laughs> is engaged. <laughs> I got confused. Megan Kelly is somebody else. When Megan Fox gets engaged to Machine Gun Kelly, you don't see a bunch of thirteen-year-old Transformers fans, you know, in a riot. You see a bunch of people making fun of her. So I don't know. <laughs> different worlds. Different worlds. But speaking of different worlds. Obviously, we don't understand uh, Twitter very much, but we can see the huge impact that I think it's had on the journalists, on the FIA, the pressure it's putting on. Ari, why don't you let us know what people can do if they want to join the good fight? I think the most basic thing anyone can do is just to keep talking about what's happened, talk about how you feel, um, use the We Stand with Lewis. Uh, hashtag yeah just uh i guess follow the 44 if you want to know what to do but really just keep talking um in social media 
Yeah, let's go cyber bully some Max Verstappen fans. No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> cyber bullying is not okay. I'm okay. I'm just joking. Not really. I'm kidding. <laughs> cool. Thank you much, both of you, for joining us at such odd hours for you. And we hope to hear from you again soon. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And we will be back sometime before the season starts to talk about a topic we have not yet decided. So stay tuned for that. Thank you, everyone. This has been Slow Pit Stop. This has been a production for Not That Good Media.